Welcome to D and D and D, the dinner party role playing podcast. I'm your host and dungeon master James Gressel. With me today are the fun people. Say hi, fun people. Hi. Hey, Mike. You want to turn off the AC? No. Yeah, Mike. Turn off I'm the AC. Sweat. You guys be are going to hear me be sweaty. <laughs> so this is the discussion episode. This is not a regularly uh, scheduled programming uh, because we finished season four last time in dramatic fashion. Yes. Yep. And and we all agreed after we finished recording, we were like, "Well, that's that's it. <laughs> like, we're done. We need to we need to uh, uh, regroup after nap. this one. Take a yeah. take a beat." So we have uh, we have returned to the discussion. I did realize I had been calling this for uh, months, probably D and D and D and D four. But we did have a four because there was that week when Chelsea was sick and we answered a bunch of Twitter questions. Mm. Uh, but so this is technically five, but uh, I'm going to call it four because it's the end of season four. So yeah, you your to. show, you can do whatever you want. Whatever I damn well want. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, but we got some great questions from some people. We're going to get into it. Um we uh, are, uh, just for convenience sake, because uh, there's a lot going on in everybody's lives, which we will discuss a little bit more later on. Uh, we're back on Zoom this week, so no um, food, although I just had a delicious pastrami sandwich from a uh, local deli. That was really good. So support oh, nice. your local mom and pop restaurants. Well, I just had a, uh, a nice, delicious uh, little 10 milligrams of Pepto-Bismol, so I'm I'm happy <laughs> with that. Great. That sounds mm, it's so, so tasty. So apt- appetizing. Yeah. yeah, it was. Let I guess let's just dive in. So season four happened. It's over. Uh it was intense and a lot of stuff happened. Do you guys have any questions for me about like how things shook out or process or behind the scenes stuff or anything before we get to some of the listeners listener questions? The big behind the scene thing that I was shocked by, uh, and I know this because we had a conversation after we were done recording, but to let everybody who's listening to the show in, Morgan's death yeah. mm-hmm. was not planned. Oh, yeah. No. She no. was not supposed to die. Mm-mm. She had to die, though. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly what it was. Is yeah, when, after we finished recording, we 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 talked about like that wow, that got that got really graphic more so than, <laughs> than the show really has in the past. Yeah. Um and really intense and yeah, I hadn't um I hadn't originally planned on that. I I didn't really think that the team would would defeat Morgan by killing her. I thought it would be more of a you got me this time and then she'd you know, whatever. Um That'd but, be fine for like season one or two, but you know, we're getting up there. Yeah. Yes, that's that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh uh yeah, because that that's exactly what happened in season two is is yeah, she she, you know, smoke bombed away essentially. But uh this time it just the way that things were building and the way that that scene was playing out with with her and, and Marjorie it and then everybody else at the end of it 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 seemed disingenuous to um, Smoke bomb away yeah like the this the story took over at a certain point and it was going in a certain direction and and you know that's just the way it had to be I appreciate um, that when when the story takes a turn you're willing to pivot with it 
because I think a lot of uh, a lot of even a lot of DMs and then a lot of showrunners even will be writing with the end in mind, regardless of what makes sense in the moment. Um, they're going to make sure that all of the chess pieces are where they need to be in order for that final finale to be the battle that's in their brain. But yeah, in that sequence, it it Morgan had to die for that to be like emotionally resonant and, and yeah. really matter the way that it mattered. Yeah. Isn't that a criticism of how I met your mother? It seems like they had the ending in place. And then even though it didn't make sense yes. when they got to it, they sure. stuck to it. Or something yeah. like that. That's oh. also a wanna, famous case. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be the, how I met your mother of D and D podcast. <laughs> no, I absolutely do not. Mm-hmm. Black would be a lot more problematic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Early seasons, unwatchable uh, or unlistenable, but yeah. Um, yes. That that's uh thank you, Beth. Uh, yeah. It's, but I think that's one of the things that's fun about this medium and the way that we are telling this story and the way that the, the kind of mechanic that we're using to tell the story, which is a D&D game, is that, um, you know, as uh, for all the work that I do and all of the things that I plan, I, I don't know what you guys are going to do. So that it has to change. And it's, it's not fair to you as storytellers and co you know co creators of what we're doing to not to not change if if i had been rigid and we had gone through all of that with margarine and had that scene and then it would have been like we'll meet again and then she goes you know like that's not it would have that would have been horrible that would have sucked like that yeah, would have just like taken all mistakes. the teeth yeah, yeah out of it yeah it just it just it just got to a point where that was the only possible outcome that it's made so sense to the story because when you're when you're uh, uh, creating a story the way that we're creating a story, not everything's going to work. Not everything's no. going to hit, and we're going to make mistakes. And there's yes. going to be sort of like ooh, not difficult episodes. What do I want to say? Uh, low periods. But then when there are high periods, when it comes together, it's really special. Yeah, for sure. I I, I completely agree. I mean, for yeah, for every you know two hour mushroom fight. <laughs> The, there's a, that was a high period. I don't know you, <laughs> you know, you do get that moment where you you break a jaw with a priceless artifact, and and it all uh, it all does come together. Um, I do have a question. Yes, this is for you as a DM. Yes, was there ever a point in this in the finale of season four that you were going to have Kerflipia fully go evil? With the goo, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Are we gonna battle her? That was the original plan. Okay, that's what I thought. The, the original, well, well, the original plan. Fight a dragon, had, yeah. the The original plan had two kind of forks, and one was you succeed in removing all of those syringes, and she isn't poisoned, mm. or you fail, and you have to fight a dragon. Oh my god! And and you know if if that had had that was kind of my way of keeping Morgan in the game was that she would have been riding this dragon, dragon. so you would have had to have fought the dragon by either and you know defeat her through the dragon and then you know defeat by killing, killing? the dragon no no, no? <laughs> okay okay that's what I okay yeah because then we'd be killing a, a like a god she <laughs> no was, yeah she yeah. ended up being like so cute. Yeah. I'd be heartbroken if we like st- kill a dragon and then she turns into this adorable small halfling woman who's like, no. and she's, do you, do you want some candy before I die? And she's like, what? <laughs> I know, that'd be so no. messed up. Yeah. 
it, it would have been it would have played out differently but no wow. i don't think you ultimately would have killed kerflipia no um you know a mountain fell on her and she didn't die so yeah, fair <laughs> yeah, but has she met Zabis? <laughs> I would find a way. There's, anything's possible. Were there any like fully written things that you were like pissed we didn't bite at? Yeah. Where you were just oh. like, come on. Oh, yeah, there were a couple. Just go well, here. Didridon, period. You oh. guys didn't oh, go to. Will and we get to that, or is that kind of no. irrelevant now? Not at this point. Which, oh, which, I wanted which, to go there so but bad. But the costume. Yeah, we'll, know we we'll, have our outfits. We'll uh, we'll get to there. Somebody asked about that, so I'll we'll we'll talk about okay. that in, in a second. But but yeah, what, to to your question, Chelsea. When you guys went to when you guys were at the um, Quarterton, the little outpost, and you yeah. fought the Knolls, and there was there were two paths there. There was a high path and a low path. The low, you chose <laughs> okay. the low path, which led to the hulits and everything. The high path was a completely different, uh, like mini quest, um, where you would have found a, I, I I'm not going to use this anymore. If we, if we want to do it some other way, whatever we can, but like you would have found a, because, because, uh, Middleton is this kind of like Alpine, like you know, uh, like southeast, uh, southeastern France, Switzerland, Italy kind of, you know, place, you would have found a chateau that was having monster problems in their wine cellars. <laughs> what? Yeah. And, that sounds cool. Yeah. And, yeah. um. And instead, everybody was like, what if us from the past are yeah. down this path? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I'm like, no, but, the, but this is so cool upstairs. Dude, me too. Oh. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so you would have come across this chateau with these like weird, like chateau owners who would have been like, "Go clean these monsters out of our wine cellars." So and the cool. monster was a gelatinous cube. Oh that my god! Had engulfed a agent of the Omercos Trading Company, like another oh. shadow hand, and uh -oh. you would have like learned more about them from this guy. Oh, I'm and so sorry to our Reddit who lusts after all of the agents of the shadow hand. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. So, uh, so that was the, yeah, that was the one that I had like fully written that you guys, um, did not do. Um, but, but yeah, instead you went down, but the hulets were, ended up being cool. So I like the hulets a even lot. Even though at the time I was like, with all this, you from the past stuff, I was like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but the hulets ended up being good. So, and then, you know. That was the the like Lockhart path and everything too. Like you got you got you ended up getting to the story faster as a result. It would have been different. It would have been different had you gone, had you taken the path not taken. Hmm. All right, I found the question on the list of questions. So we will dive into listener questions. Uh, who who so gave it to us? Dellen gave us this one. So Dead. thank you, Dellen. Uh, Thanks, Dellen. This is a question for me. Russell, during the last D&D and D&D, you said time keeps going in your D&D world no matter what the party chooses to adventure. Can you tell us uh, how that's affected the places the party has visited by the time they get there? In Middleton, for example, I've been dying to know what the story would have been like if they had gone there earlier. Would the plaza still be full of bodies? Would they have met Lockhart? Ooh, good question. Uh, oh, that is... Yeah. So, yeah, I had written Middleton in 
like 2017 or 2018. Um, <laughs> it's one of the first Different time. Yeah, it was one of the first thing, one of the first story uh, arcs that I wrote. Um, and it, uh, yeah, I wrote it. It was a very different time. It was not an allegory for COVID because COVID wasn't even a twinkle in anyone's eye. That's yeah. true. It ended up seeming very well, COVID. Yeah. Yes. But it, it, it was not. It was a, uh, it was a Trump thing. Um, it was, uh, originally very political. Um, by the time we got to it, I, uh, you know, <laughs> was very burned out on all of that. <laughs> <laughs> And um did I yes. accidentally make Marjorie a Trump supporter? Yeah. Kind of. <gasps> <gasps> yeah. Which oh, I thought I see you how were doing is like she's old <laughs> and you know got got you know duped by stuff. I thought it was a comment. I thought you were doing a whole th- bit on like she's old. So Beth she tell me genuine. she she lived out her deepest darkest fantasies. Every yeah, time I we would just, come home from recording she was like, "Oh, oh I just really always wanted to Michael. be that way." <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Gressel's giving me the vessel and the platform to do it. Fantasy. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um, no, I was just doing what Marjorie would do. Yeah, um, for sure. Play into her. She likes a handsome man in authority. Yeah, so the whole thing was, yeah, there's this charlatan leader who has no actual ability and, you know, uh, dupes people into following him and then chaos ensues. There, Yeah, so... There was a point, uh, season two, um, there was going to be a point where uh, the party had to decide where to go next, and the events at the guild hall kind of changed course on things where you got teleported to the like deserted island, and there was the Jason Chone thing and everything, so you were, you ended up leaving uh, the Moonshadow Valley, so it wouldn't have made sense for you to like go to Middleton when you had the choice of Talon or Oyakoto mm-hmm. that were like nearby to where you were at the time. But if things had gone differently there and you hadn't gone to the Wizards Academy and yada, 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 then you would have had the choice to go to Middleton. Middleton would have probably been the one that you would have done at that time uh, if you didn't go to Ravenscrest. And uh, then, yes, you would have met Lockhart alive and prior to a lot of things Thran and Cran would have been more in more of the like I guess antagonists I mean I mean uh, Lockhart would have been the villain um and it would have been more about toppling Lockhart hmm. than wow. Morgan and everything like that it would have been a smaller stakes kind of quest because at the time we weren't really getting as much into the like real big end game kind of stuff that you guys got to by the end of Oyakoto so hmm. um yeah, it would have been a very different. You would have come in way earlier in the story, and you would have come in with like Lockhart, um, yeah, rising to power and deposing uh, uh, Francois and um, and all of that. So yeah, it would have been a different thing. And then kind of on the flip side of that coin, now in the world, um, everything is moving forward, and you guys did not go to Didridon, and everything that would have happened in Didridon happened. And you guys didn't affect that outcome at all. So uh, we'll see what the ramifications of that are. I have a question. We speculated a lot if the posters of Lockhart were accurate or if he was represented to be a little bit more handsome than he actually was. Uh, Was he going to be like 
actually was he like gonna be actually like Kenneth Branagh looking when we met him or was no. it gonna be like oh no I mean he wasn't gonna be like Trump ugly but <laughs> sure you know it wasn't gonna be that explicit but it was gonna be this guy thinks more highly of himself than he actually is yeah, we, you know? we would sure. be confused for a moment yeah it would have been like oh I can see how this could be this person but he would have been like balding like royal portrait. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> royal portrait is definitely the right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, definitely. So Martin would have been sad. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like your picture that yeah. you put online. <laughs> exactly. Got catfished by my leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Didgeridon, was, because uh, I'm very sad we didn't go to Didgeridon. I was like team Didgeridon for so long. Like it wasn't gonna. It was gonna be like Rococo France and shit. Yeah, it was gonna be like very because oh, no. so so Didridon the the uh, the culinary inspiration for so the culinary inspiration for Middleton was obviously like Alpine stuff, Apre ski food, like a lot of like um, you know cheese and dairy based stuff, like you know mountain food and things um, that we got some of, uh, you know covid notwithstanding by the tail end and everything but the the culinary inspiration for didridon was molecular molecular gastronomy so it would have been like um spherification and foams and like uh you know kind of stuff like that so what ended up uh what i kind of extrapolated from that was this very like in a world where there's so much magic a kingdom that's based on science and engineering. Um, so in, you know, it would have been this dwarven kingdom where magic is kind of looked down on and um, cast aside or highly regula- regulated in ways to advance science and scientific knowledge. So it would have been a completely different kind of place and it would have been much fancier than anywhere else you had been. So it would have been more advanced. So it would have been more like 17th, 18th century, um, 19th century uh, kind of styling and things than like the more medieval Renaissance kind of stuff of other places that you've been. Man, if Cytheria hadn't blinked out the moon, we would have gone to Didridon. To be fair, I think cheese-based foods sound better than foam <laughs> so yeah, i'm not that mad i'm curious about foam now I, eating drink, foam. Drink there was foam. a he reminds me that reminds me of that contestant i forget if we talked about this gressel but he was like an early season of top chef and his whole thing was molecular food I've, I've, molecular gastronomy where like every dish he turned his name was marcel so he was a mm-hmm. french guy mm-hmm. um which is how I I also learned one of my name options before my parents picked Chelsea was going to be the feminine Marcel E L L E, which I oh, thought yeah. I was like, but then I would have been the Friends monkey. Oh yeah, up. that would not <laughs> have been good oh, in the nineties. No. Yeah, yeah. It's not good. Yeah, <laughs> no. they they dodged a bullet, I think. But uh, yeah, his whole thing was like every like every episode he did like weird like flash frozen stuff mm-hmm. and like food and things shaped like spheres and he would that was just his thing and he would not stray from it and i think he's like pretty successful doing that mm-hmm. yeah i would have had to have found how to get liquid nitrogen and yeah yeah it, it, i think he was a little ahead of his time actually doing that in like the early 2000s yeah yeah that was probably yeah like the forefront but yeah so it would have been it would have been some weird shit like that um 
But, uh, and, and, you know, in theory, we may, you know, still end up up there for something or whatever, but, um, you know, yeah, uh, the, the story moved on. So the, the, if you, if you are, if you do end up in Middleton, it would not be the Middleton of, uh, post harvest festival. It would have been, right. it will be different just like the, or did I say Middleton? You mean if you do end up in, yeah, if you do end up in Didgeridon, it would not be the Didgeridon of post harvest festival just like the middleton that you went to was not the middleton of 2018 um, i have another question yeah you said like in didgeridon it's very science-based and magic and stuff is looked down on and like highly regulated how do you if you're writing that make the divide between like what is science in a world where magic is real like objectively a real thing mm-hmm. where does then where is that line between what they consider to be science and what they consider to be magic, because if magic is real, right, isn't it? Do you know what? It, do you yeah. understand what I'm asking? It's like a weird thing. Yeah, and that's a really good question. That is something that I thought about a lot. There, there's a, a a quote, a famous quote. I forget exactly who it's attributed to, but there, it's something along the lines of, uh, like the line between science and magic is is like just based on understanding or something. Like I forget exactly what it is but there's something about like at a certain point um all science seems like magic until you understand the underlying principles behind it so like that is a very thin line in my in my view there's a very thin line between science and magic i don't know how my cell phone works i don't know how zoom works (laughs) (laughs) right you know like so it, it is a very thin line. And, and to answer your question, the answer that I came up with is basically it's, it's the opinion of those in power. Oh, like the, sure. the line between science and magic is determined by those who are in power. So those who are in power in Didgeridon, in Didgeridon it, 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 you know, cards on the table, very magical. But um, they're in power so they can do that they can use those magics to you know advance their science and things like that you know so that's uh, like kind of using like people in power being like hey this this stuff is magic it is unexplainable it is like unknowable therefore we are limiting its usage where in reality if people were allowed to explore it they would maybe realize it falls within the realm of understanding yeah. and if you like apply scientific method to to magic it therefore becomes more accessible and they don't want that right it, it's you know it's good for me not for the you know right. that kind of stuff so it would have been yeah it it it, it, it would have been an interesting place to uh to go to and and there was some cool i would have had a bad time there <laughs> yeah <laughs> as much as zavis wants to be there for the magic yeah, as much as i would have initially had like a really good time <laughs> I that wonder if that yeah. would be like a Zabbos arc. In I feel like it would have been, yeah. Yeah, this Middleton ended up being very margarine and um, and some Fletch, yeah, and and I think that uh, that Didgeridon would have been um, more Zabbos and and well, also there would have been be margarine stuff. No too. matter, yeah, no matter what, this season we had to get to the the mar- the big margarine reveal. Um, well, I'm just imagining yeah. Zavis's experience there being like, like he gets there and it's like, oh, it's, it's, everything's beautiful and like extremely like hashtag aesthetic, you know, and like the clothes <laughs> and everything. And I'm having like a great time and then realizing like, oh, but 
my magic here. As much as like I feel like Zavis would allow the like look of a place and just the overall like sense of luxury and like beauty of a place to kind of at first maybe be number one over his usage of magic and just would slowly get like really pissed that like, oh, I'm actually getting really bored with it. It'd be like when that episode of SpongeBob where Squidward moves into like the oh, yeah. community and then it's like that montage yeah. of every day. It's like it's him. The same, just, same thing. Yeah, like taking his like dance classes yeah. and then like his just slowly over time, like, oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it would be. It'd be like too much of a good thing. I love off topic i love that episode of spongebob especially because it's it's so focused on squidward and he's such a crab and he finally gets what he wants he's a squid well yeah, 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 okay (laughs) he doesn't turn into a crab he is a crabby he's crabby and i don't know i just love it i love the character development yeah because then he just ends up moving back in next door to spongebob because he hates his life he can't can't quit him yeah that would be an interesting lesson for zavis that Zabbis needs the chaos. Yeah, yeah, I can't live around so much beauty, or else then <laughs> how am I the most beautiful thing around <laughs> for miles? Yeah, I want to give shout out to Benner, who also asked, "How would the end of season four been if Zabbis and Marjorie got their way and ended up pursuing the Sticks Discovery arc in in Dittery Dawn? Do all yes. roads lead to Middleton, or would it have ended in a totally different way? It would have ended in a totally different way. Totally different way. Yeah, we oh. wouldn't have gone to Middleton at all." Um, so that means no dragon. Four. That means no Kerflipia. No, a different dragon. Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Different dragon. Different dragon Still in service goo? of a different god. Oh. Okay. We know in the story that Yan... Do, do we know in the story that Yanathan's there? Didn't Morgan say? You didn't explicitly... Uh, I don't think it was explicitly said... Um, oh, then you told us that. That it would have been Yanathan. It would have been Yanathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, this season would have been, this season was designed to do a couple different things. It was to reveal Marjorie's origins, to uh, get you guys, have you guys deal with one of the dominant dragons who was not a friendly nerd. And uh-huh. uh, you were going to fight one of the siblings. Mm. The, like those are the three things that were like, I mean, you know, dude, like we're t- talking earlier about like results based storytelling and stuff like everything else around those details was flexible but ultimately those things had to happen to like move the story forward Mm -hmm. um so yeah it would have been a different dragon in service of a different god and a different sibling but you would have still revealed margin's background uh but it would have been we wouldn't have met Cran and Thran. Yeah, no Thran Gran, mm. yeah. <laughs> That's true. It would have been a lot more of me doing shitty English accents. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, are there any side characters that you were excited to have or introduce that we didn't get to that you're sad about? Like or I mean maybe Thran and Cran weren't even as developed as they were before we met them. Thran and Cran were. Thran and Cran were some of the first NPCs I did. And you know why. So like if we hadn't met them, would you have been disappointed yes yeah mm-hmm. yes although that isn't that i probably would have found another way to get him in i have a question for mike now that yeah. you've been watching venture brothers are you realizing how many characters of this yes. is just the most venture brothers should have all it's time? been wild to just go on this adventure because i started at season one and 
every like couple episodes i'll be like oh wow why does why do i recognize this character or the or the speech pattern or the inflection or the you know and I'm just that i just i message the group like hey i found thran and cran and i yeah. found this character this character's voice that you do is this person it's just it's been really fun so if you like the characters that gressel does listeners <laughs> Check Thread out Venture Bros. Bros. <laughs> very different from uh, watching. They're 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 insp- inspired inspired loosely by, by yeah. these characters yeah, watching Lord yeah, like voice wise and like kind of rapport wise. Yeah, like, but they're um, they're still ve- they're very different. Very but different. I just like My- the idea of two guys like that. It's just yeah, the dynamic is fun. Is, Mike, so. you should re-listen to the uh f man z boys f boys and z man episode okay. that was one more when we were recording it we were like we accidentally made a bunch of brothers episode oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that turned out with that kind of tone for sure absolutely <laughs> beth were you saying something no a minute ago okay um yeah uh somebody somebody asked about um inspirations and stuff and like yeah venture brothers is a huge inspiration for me they're uh it's just such a good show available on hulu and hbo max real good free plug venture brothers (laughs) the show (laughs) let's bring it back um bring it back let's do a couple let's do another question uh this one's from dominic uh Absolutely love the podcast. Listen to it every morning on my way to work. My question would be, have you ever, would you or have you ever played a D&D campaign as the villains instead of heroes? And this, I have my thoughts on this. I'm curious what you guys uh, would say. I would love to do that if it was like fumbling villains or like really low scale villainy. Because I feel like it gets to a point where it's just like, If you're doing like full blown, I mean, I guess that's how I feel about playing like a hero too, where it's like if they're, if you're playing like the best, most moral hero, I'm so bored. Like that's part of the fun of D&D. I feel like not just for us, but like universally where it's like you just fuck up, you fail up. Like it's like playing D&D so much about fucking everything up, but like still somehow getting to where you need to be and like accomplishing what you needed to do um yeah, rolling ones yeah. it's more fun yeah yeah same with like being like a like a shitty villain or like yeah like uh villains who like aspire to bigger things but are bad at bad at being know. a villain yeah yeah like if, if we played a campaign where there were there was a 20-sided dice and there were two ones <laughs> like to increase the chance of just absolutely messing up like I, I i would love to play a villain like chelsea's saying that is really disadvantage flawed, always. just really bad yeah yeah just can't catch it's a also break. like i feel like just the nature of what D is to like you kind of have to not have to but it's so much easier to start off playing a good guy because i think of like how like okay lord of the rings the protagonists in that like all the hobbits they start off like not knowing anything about the wider world around them like none of the lore like they would be terrible villains because they you know they just live in the shire and you know they they're good guys because they i don't know i feel like meanwhile the villains in that story are the ones who like know everything about the world and 
are able to then (laughs) use that to their advantage. And so I think it's a little bit harder. That's why I think like a small stakes villain would work because you don't have to be a character who like knows so much about the world around it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. no, I, I, I completely agree. I think that, um, I, I bet a lot of DMs out there would agree with me that vil- be- villains are really fucking hard. It is very, very hard. Like, like think about like pop culture. Like, you know, like that's one of the issues with. I'm a don't come don't come at the podcast on Twitter. I'm a Marvel fan, but one of the Marvel problems is mm-hmm. that they 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 don't have any good villains or very few good villains. Thanos was a good villain, but like some. Uh, <laughs> You know, like, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker or like, you know, the the really great villains in 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 pop culture are I keep going like, back to Disney villains. Disney villains are, are they do a great job in a lot of those movies of like the Renaissance animation period Disney villains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, Scar. Yeah. Yeah. A likable you know? evil character. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a hard one to do. It's very hard to do. But. Even if you are able to pull off like a an an amazing villain performance, I think that the issue with playing an evil character in D and D is that's weird. <laughs> like, mm. it, you, 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 to play an evil character, you have to do evil things, and that's 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 weird. It's weird. <laughs> I don't want to do it. It would I wouldn't be uncomfortable do it for, for, in this dynamic, yeah. like playing with my friends, wanting to have yes. a nice time. And yeah. then making choices that were uh, cruel or nasty or hurt others for your own benefit. Like, right. I'm going to leave the table afterwards having sort of damaged my friendships at the table. Yeah, it, 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 would, not, it would not be good. So I, I, I completely agree with you, Chelsea, that like a low stakes villain who is not an evil person, yeah, but, but does they bad feel things. compelled to be yeah. is like way more fun. Yeah. And I think allows for like, making choices that a villain would make but not necessarily like relishing it you know being like oh that was weird and uh i just think it's more interesting to listen to and like i think the reason that a character like a disney villain is so likable is you don't get a ton of them you get just enough but they're not on screen the whole time and you're not seeing much through their pov and Mm. that's like the you know it's that's what makes those characters work because they are like at you know, in terms of like uh, character extremes, they're on like, you know, they are they represent so many extremes like you. They're not meant to be like a POV character with like much nuance. Mm-hmm. Granted, that is there, but it's, you know, they're not meant to be like the audience surrogate or anything. Where mm-hmm. like if we're playing a bunch of like villains where you're listening to us the entire time. You can't really play them as like cackling, like take over mm-hmm. the world villains because mm-hmm. it's boring. It's yeah. like exactly. I just started a campaign with Diefall, so every other Tuesday on Twitch, I do a live show, um, and I'm sure links in the description if you're interested in, in watching it. And I'm playing the most villainous character I've ever created, but even so, she's like, if you've ever played a sweet JRPG, like a Dragon Quest. Like a mean princess is essentially mm-hmm. what I'm playing. A hoity-toity, uh, doesn't want to get her stuff dirty. Everybody is beneath her. Kind of a character, but even her, even so, like she's not actively villainous. She's just selfish. 
Yeah. She just wants power and wants recognition and wants to be to be the queen, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're having a great time. I recommend yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the fun comes from the greys. Like, I, I think yeah. that that it, you know, Chelsea really nailed it with, like, being a completely good character, too, would be boring. So, like, you know, you need the, the conflict between, uh, you know, any kind of decision that you make comes from that that kind of moral grayness that you, you have within yourself. And, and, and that's where the, the enjoyment comes from is that, that struggle. Um, yeah. And that makes for like more fun dynamics within the group too. Cause it's sure. like, everyone's on the same page hundred percent of the time. We're like, every time we start a session and our group mentality is okay, let's all go save the world. Like that's ultimately the goal in the end. But, having like different ideas of what the best way is to do that. Like for example, Zabbis does a lot of like big picture shit and sometimes in the moment is like, okay with doing a fucked up thing. If it means like a better end. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it just ends justifying means like very basic ethics shit. But I think that makes for like fun stuff within the group too, because those decisions like still come back to define my character and like how you guys see him definitely i think it's i think it's to our benefit that every one of you guys is a neutral character that's right none of us are is that is neutral we're all neutral chaotic good neutral good i was gonna say which is pretty close i think i'm chaotic Mm. good yeah you're 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 on the good side of neutral, but you're yeah, Fletch not is pretty on... close. And then once in a while, he'll like let someone die in front of him, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fletch yeah. has some well, some swings. I guess we could we could transition into that. We did have a question about my uh, about Fletch and the bloodshed. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Bri- Brianna, Brianna B had a question about um, Fletch's. Uh, uh, if if the entity inside of Fletch had it, it impacted uh, Fletch into being more um, like less caring about perhaps Tim or some of the the summoned beings, but um, I can uh, tell how you, much, yeah. Okay, uh, so yeah, she, yeah, go she, ahead. yeah. She asked how much. Uh, I'm curious how much control the entity had of it, or will it continue? For example, uh, yeah. Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Amara that was making impacting Fletch. Yeah. No, I can um, tell you exactly I, what went through my mind during the summoning scene of the satyrs. In my brain, when I wanted to summon the satyrs, I thought that they were like magical beings that like like a summon, like they would go away eventually. They they wouldn't be <laughs> I, I don't know if why I thought this, but they wouldn't be like r- really real. So when Russell was like, oh, a portal opens and then some satyrs from over there come through in my brain, I was just like, oh, but I thought that they were going to be magical, but I wanted to play Fletch as how I actually thought it was going to go. So I just, Fletch and myself were just like, oh, well, come on. And they didn't die, right? They just, they no. fell back into a portal into the Feywild. Yeah, they, they ended. They, yeah, they essentially what would have happened through the spell happened. You summoned them from a place, they did their thing, and then they left. Yeah, it was just a dramatic fashion of how yes. they left <laughs> yes. and that they fell through this also, magical sky world. I did not expect when I had the ground fall underneath uh, the scary cat 
I didn't mm-hmm. expect for the Satyrs to fall with them with it. I didn't realize mm-hmm. I didn't think about how close in proximity they were. They were yeah. So that was all an accident. <laughs> and I was okay. That was a really fun moment. I really liked that. Yeah, I'm glad the, for that. Opening up the ground. Yeah. That was really clever. Yeah. yeah. Thought, so if we were watching a cartoon of that, yeah. mm-hmm. would Fletch have reacted in horror or reacted as if he was like, oh no, a consequence I wasn't banking on? Yes. I yeah. feel like there would have been an uh, like a close up of like or medium shot of the eyes just like oh whoops what have I done yeah yeah but it, it we would have it would have been played for comedy and moved on yeah and like, then like know. maybe looking yeah. over seeing the portal open up and them saying like oh we'll see you later and me yeah. Flash just being like oh right. great <laughs> and just yeah. all right well they're okay on to other things yeah sometimes I, I Fletch sometimes is like a little boy. A, a good-intentioned <laughs> little boy. Often, I would say. Oh, thanks. Yeah, he does his best, but sometimes little boys throw a rock at another little boy's head, you know? And you're, you know the little boy didn't mean to hurt the other little boy, <laughs> but there's impulse stuff. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just such a fun uh, way to play a character who spent so much of his life alone. Yeah. To then be in, like, the this, be so much around these people for you know all the time for you know years or however long um yeah like there's he's still dealing with that like like i like fletch is still the person who's like i never danced with anybody before and like you know and that's still you know so yeah so when like uh, somebody who annoys him like tim shows up magically he still annoys him like fletch doesn't (laughs) know that like you have to adjust your self for this magical person who you know like like the way that like margarine would you know who's been around for so long or whatever like margarine will react differently based on the situation fletch will react to a character period yeah (laughs) yeah i just react um what happened to tim (laughs) <laughs> tbd what happened to Tim? oh no i'm not that sad <laughs> uh <clears throat> i feel like i know what's gonna happen with tim and i'm so fucking pumped for it i'm so excited i'm just gressel how does that work though because i like summoned it or like created him and yeah chelsea what? wants tim to be like a construct that goes away after an hour but I want well, Tim to I'm be wondering. Tim forever. Because it was wild magic, and it's not actually Tim. It's like a... I, take- I hope Gressel plays Tim as a real person, the reconstituted Tim, and uh, like really goes on a wonderful character arc and gets Marjorie and everyone like just really emotionally invested, and then he blinks out of existence because he was never real. Yes. Well, not that last part, but no, that's like the, I want it the all happy... leads to that last part. Well, He's not you, real. You guys are. It's all no, figment you, of you, imagination, and, can, and none of it. All you, no, 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 you guys are all leaving out the fact that he's getting my stormtail bow. Like he needs to exist. Like he's on a no, mission, hey, man. Hey, sometimes like, you lose the really cool items that your character has, and you don't get them back. Wait, you know? I, I have. I have such a good idea for him. That would not happen at this point. But if if like we met back up with Tim, who still exists somehow, and we all went to Dedrudon and we were like up till a certain point being really good at like disguising the fact that any of us were magic users, that like any of us were magical, and then we're in like 
a very crowded room and then Tim blinks out of existence <laughs> and then it's like oh they realize he was just a construct and then it's like a big fucking fight uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say explicitly what Tim's deal is but I will say that I take a lot of uh, I, I, I take a lot of of liberty in interpreting the text of the listener submitted wild magics. So, um, oh boy, I, cool. I, 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 uh, I, yeah, I, I do my own little <laughs> analysis of the, of the text to try to determine how uh, how to interpret those rules. So we'll see what happens with Tim. I just hope that when Tim comes back, he comes back with Jason Chung. <laughs> Tim and Jason, all the, all the little discarded NPCs that Marjorie has loved to Dis- form a little party. <laughs> oh my god! Um, That's funny. Uh, off of something that James said, though, I want to go to Donovan's question of uh, what has what was everyone's uh, DM included favorite magical item that the team has had, even if it was broken or lost. And James Janice, the dead meat necklace is off the table, winky face. Uh, love from back home in Michigan. So thanks, Donovan. Thanks, Don. The Cape of Bees is fun. It stands out to me. Yeah, the Cape of Bees. That's the other thing, too, that would have happened uh, had you gone to the Chateau is they would have had a meadery uh, and there would have been a return of uh, the Cape of Bees. Oh. Um, but uh, I still... We still uh, will will probably bring bring back the Cape of Bees because the Cape of Bees was very fun. <laughs> what orifice does I... that come out of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really like my gloves, the black and white gloves. Yeah, those have those have been very important a couple times. <laughs> yeah, the they like the hurt heel gloves. Mm-hmm. All of the communication devices that we've ever had. So the communi coins or the rings of communication. The earrings that uh, I had, the mm-hmm. the friendship bracelets, and the chatty skulls. Those are my favorite Face ones. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot, Beth. That's a lot of favorite items. Okay. No, I, I get it, because it sucks not having them. It does suck not having them. <laughs> it really sucks not having any of those. <laughs> I think that latest patch nerfed it way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the bone staff, I think having Marta... That oh yeah, is really great. Um, I do love the bone staff. I, I, I always, yeah. I like forgot that's even an option because it just feels like a Dude. character <laughs> that you yeah. lug around with me. I love the bone staff. I love the cape of bees. Uh, I actually one one that I that ended up being a much bigger part of the story than I anticipated was the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Oh yeah. The the bucket. We really got a uh, a good run out of the bucket, and um, I, I'm glad that it it went out in such a heroic fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, there's so many items that have been retired as of season four. Yeah, getting up there. <laughs> I also forgot about my idol of probis my probiscus idol, my monkey summoner. Oh yeah, I love my monkey summoner. The monkeys, we've had some good monkey moments too. <laughs> Just remember, I chose Howler monkeys for those monkeys, knowing if anybody has seen any footage of Howler monkeys, you know they're wretched. They're loud. They make the worst noise. They're like cantankerous and throw stuff. Like they're the. They're, it was going to be spider monkeys or howlers, and I thought it would be a more fun choice to go Howler. And nobody complained. You know when <laughs> you try to prank your friends and they don't react, 
Uh, Beth, I <laughs> see with that though. I I don't think I've ever heard a howler monkey until we were watching Survivor, and then I heard mm-hmm. them on Survivor and was like, "That is what you decided to choose. That is absolutely <laughs> horrible." Like I I would turn down the television when those they howler monkeys like a car were without screaming. a muffler. It's horrible, absolutely it's horrible. Guttural. It's like yeah. It's like they're Ugh. dying all day. They're, yeah, they're, it is awful. It's painful. It's awful to your ears. Uh, Tasha asked about Tim. We talked about Tim a little bit, so thanks, Tasha. Thanks, Tasha. What, she she asked what happens if Copy Tim dies and meets original Tim in the afterlife. <laughs> is there well, an that's, afterlife? That, that's a that's a real big question. <laughs> Gressel does a um, villain paralogue. Tim origin story his brain breaks upon the paradox of seeing one's own self yeah (laughs) it just gets really really existential um uh alex asked uh want to know if the team feels more relieved to be rid of morgan or nervous about the wrath of yanathan fucker (laughs) (laughs) i'm not nervous about yanathan i am i'm a little nervous about yanathan (laughs) margarine's nervous about yanathan that checks out. That seems appropriate for all of your characters and those uh, those reactions. <laughs> um, Kiki asks, "Will there be a spinoff theory series with Thran and Cran?" I wish. <laughs> I wish I had that kind of time. Doing <laughs> um, what? Like, yeah, just just running a government? running a small medieval town. <laughs> oh, Thran and Cran's B and B. Just the oh West God. Wing, but it's Thran and Cran. <laughs> <laughs> Ernie asked how many sessions were on the dragon, which is an interesting question that I uh, also want to know the answer to. And the answer was uh, one, two, three, four. That's fewer than I thought. Yeah, it seemed like at least six. Wow. Four and a half, kind of. Yeah. But we weren't always all on the dragon. Right. The it was that whole like end sequence was kind of was like seven sessions was kind of the the lead up to the end. Um, but I mean, there were some big moments, and there were a couple a couple of those sessions were a, a little bit longer, so felt like we were there for a long time. Uh, oh yeah, on magic items, Zach asks about um. Uh, if Flack got his party box from a sp- spaghetti clown roll, does that mean Fluggy the Duck is alive? Oh. No. <laughs> uh, well. that, that doesn't mean that we may not see Fluggy again. Oh. But not living. <laughs> Guys, who Uh-oh. goes on the season four poster? Oh, what small animal? Morgan's Turtle. broken fucking skull. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh jaw. my god. A jaw? Ew. Oh god. That might be just enough ambiguous to not be a spoiler. <laughs> what about wait, was the was uh Etienne this thing? So or is it gonna be left? I could do a ghost? Oh you could return uh, and do ghost Etienne. Ghost Etienne, ghost Etienne. that's what it's gotta be. A pelican. Yeah. Or but it could pelican. be it could be Pelican, but then we also turned uh uh Toge into a oh. turtle. Oh, turtle the little turtle. Turtle. Oh, turtle. Just a little turtle. Oh, little puppy fetch. Oh, fetch. But fetch yeah. isn't dead. Oh, fetch isn't dead. Fetch is still in oh, Fletch's heart. Yeah. Oh, then it's got to be the turtle. Oh, it's got to yeah. be the turtle. Turtle or or spectral Ghost Etienne. Etienne. Yeah. Maybe Those let's the... do a poll. Can we Patreon poll it? Yeah, yeah. Fun. We will do that. 
keep an eye out, patrons. Patrons? Patrons? Patrons. Patrons. I liked Aubrey's question. What is... I was just looking at that. You go ahead and read it. I was wondering if the players tell DM Gressel of their plans to have their characters forget large periods of time or otherwise go through side effects of serious damage that they took, or if that's something they improvise and Gressel hears about it when the other players are hearing it. Uh, there was somebody else who also asked a similar question in relation to Mike's um, yeah. amnesia. Where was that one? Uh, Boxbow. Boxbow, yeah. Yeah, was it my um, idea or Gressel's idea for Fletch to lose his memory in season four? And did were, were you aware of the story impact that event would cause? So, hand in hand. Um... No, I, I, that was an in-the-moment decision that Mike made. Um, I didn't, oh, did I choose to lose my memory or was it just, because in my brain, I remember I was falling and I didn't have any support. My arms were noodles. Right. And so I played that in my brain as I can't break my fall. Yeah. And whatever happens, happens. And I, I can't re- recall. I remember you making the choice in the episode. Yes. Oh, I mean, in and the episode. Then, okay. And then the end of the episode happened. And you and Gressel had a conversation about what kind of long term, how that was going to play out. Okay. Yeah. So you made the call and then Gressel consented that it would be like incorporated into the story. And then you Mm -hmm. dictated how it would. Right. Got it. Right. Yes. That's how it happened. And, and I thought it was a really cool thing. One thing that I really love about, um, magic is, uh, finding the loopholes within it. I I think that that's a really fun, like when you have a world like D&D where there is so much magic, you can either have really explicit set rules, uh, which, you know, you find in all the, the rule books and everything, and there's very specific parameters for how the spells are supposed to work and everything. Um Which keeps magic functioning, and I understand the, the necessity for those rules. Or... Um, you can be a little bit more loose with it and find the gray areas within the way that the magic is written so that um, unexpected things happen. Um, and I, I like the latter. So when Fletch gave up a memory to never remember Amara, if he loses his memory, then that's a loophole. He, didn't, he now no longer has that memory to give up. Ah, uh, yeah. So then that I love that Mike made this choice in the in the moment um, based on this, again, magic thing of his arms were noodles. <laughs> then I immediately thought, oh, this is going to have big picture magic ramifications. And it's a it's a it's a fun thing, too, because I always had a plan for bringing Amara back into the story. Uh, we had a few a few questions about Amara. So thanks, everybody who asked about Amara. Thank you. Um, I always had a plan to bring Amara back in the story, but now it's going to come about in a different way. Um, and we obviously got like the most explicit, um, uh, like illustration of what Amara has done for Fletch, um, in this last bit of this season too. So, um, I think it's going to, it's going to be fun now that, uh, it's going to be different to how I was expecting it to be now that Fletch can remember or can, can hear her and interact 
with people talking about her and stuff that he couldn't before. So mm-hmm. I, I loved those moments. I think that those moments are really fun of like the play, the players doing things that, that they had in the moment. And then I have to respond to them because 95% of the game is me doing things in the moment and the players responding to them. So it's fun when that's reversed and uh, I have to change everything based on what the players do, which is, which is really great. If you're, I love that about this. If you are in a campaign and you decide that you want to lose your memory, just be prepared. It's a lot of work because you have to remember <laughs> things that happened in many episodes ago or like, many, you know, <laughs> It's tough. It's not easy. And, and I think I talked to you about it. I was like, I don't want this to mm-hmm. go on for too long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, we did like tough. one session. The mic was like, all right, can I have my can I, I need back? it back, man. This is tough. <laughs> I made a mistake. I was like, yeah, yeah, you will heal. <laughs> I really appreciate that about this campaign, that all five of us can make big swings and make big choices and have kind of the... Uh, emotional reaction, the, the genuine emotional reaction that we all have to those choices be recorded in a part of the show versus uh, sort of asking if everybody's okay with this thing that I'm about to do. Like, oh, I want I want to cut off the head of this NPC. Is everybody cool with that? Yeah, no, yeah, okay, well, jury's in, yes, you can do it. All right, I cut off the head of this NPC and now no one really, everybody knew it was coming mm-hmm. versus when Flack just cuts off the head of an NPC and we all get to scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but since we have like a, a kind of community trust and we have each other's backs, it's, it works here. And I, I love that. I love yeah, that about I, us. I, I agree. And it definitely matters that we're all kind of on the same page tonally and things like that, yeah. that, you know, we, we have allowed for that to happen. Uh, I think that that's that's great. That 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 creates the environment for the kind of story that that I want to tell. Um, and I think that yeah, it allows for those moments that you know excite me and us, and and that we're we're the first audience, you know. Mm-hmm. So when we all freak out when something happens, that's a sign that it's a good thing. In my you know, in my opinion, that like oh, we're telling a good story because we all just freaked out at this. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, when when you smash Morgan's jaw, everybody lost their mind, yeah. you know, like <laughs> when she gets stabbed through the back with the, the battering ram dagger, everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, Dude, like I felt like legitimately sick to my stomach when that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I thought that she would have gotten out of the way or something like Gressel wouldn't <laughs> let us do something that violent. And then he did. And then we were just like, well, now we have to live with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> She was so mean. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Kind of on those lines, Jay asked a question for me of how do you get better at improvisation? In the finale, when Marjorie gives Morgan the tear, she slides further down the dagger. Did you 
Uh, even you yourself said you didn't expect the fight to end like this. So how did you come with all of the nasty, gory details so fast? Uh, I, I wish there were a better answer than practice. And oh, do, don't be afraid to fail. Yes, that's that's, the, that's a huge, huge, a big one. Because yeah, when that's the biggest takeaway from my one hundred and one and two hundred and one improv class uh, was just like, yeah, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to feel uncomfortable, but you know, you got to power through it and you'll learn, you know. One of, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned just doing this show is how important it is to listen. Yeah. Like you've, you've got to listen to everybody else. Like, like I, I still think about every, every time we do one of these discussions, every time there's a question like this, I think about the like second session when you guys went to the scale scraper and you wanted to find uh, like barmaids for Kiff. And I was like, no, <laughs> we're not doing yeah. that, which is wrong. I mean, it would have totally changed the whole course of the show, obviously, <laughs> if we had done that instead. But like, um, you were saying something, Chelsea, at the time, and I did not listen to it. And that, uh, that's, that's bad improv. So like, oh, I don't even remember. Right? I don't remember oh, that this doesn't me. haunt you like it haunts <laughs> no, me. <laughs> not at all. I literally didn't even realize that was like. No, that was that a was me idea. You, yeah, that was all you. You wanted to, you wanted to, uh, yeah, find some somebody nice for Kiff and, uh, and I was like, no. So don't do that. Um, listen to your players and. Uh, and and yeah and, and practice but like details and stuff i don't know that just that just comes from time you know cut yourself some slack like mike said don't be afraid to fail yeah um we're all getting better we're all works in progress by the way that moment when i handed the tear over to a dying morgan you you reacted like what does this mean and i my heart sank i was like oh no this has like regenerative properties. We're going to give it to Morgan. It'll resurrect her. She'll pull herself up off of the dagger. And now all of this work has been undone because I thought I was doing a narratively interesting thing. And then no, she just got really dead. Yeah. I, no, I just, I, I, no pun intended, wanted to make sure I gave it that moment the weight because I loved that. I mean, that was the exact correct decision was to give it to her in that moment. I just loved that so much. Hayden asks, can I still send in wild magic ideas? Yes, you can. Uh, Please do. dndndpod at gmail.com with wild magic in the subject line. What do you think, this is from Brayden, what do you think makes a good player and DM? What does the team like about Gressel in respect to his DMing? You can compliment other aspects of me too if you want. <laughs> um, hair. And Great what, eyes. Hair. Clear skin. And <laughs> hair. Not that hair. <laughs> Muscles. Some. Uh... <laughs> and what does Gressel like about the team in regard to their playing? We've talked a little bit about stuff like this, but I did just want to touch on, just reiterate how, like, yeah, you, you guys, I, I love how you guys are willing to take those big swings um, and, uh, you know, that we're all on the same page tonally. And, you know, I think it's really important, like Chelsea was saying earlier, you know, the characters ha are, are their own people and want to go about doing things their own way but ultimately understand 
that there is a job to be done. So while there's dis- while there's disagreement and everything, it's it it's conflict for conflict that serves the story, not conflict that's going to stop the story. And there's a difference, right? Um, and I think the 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 way that you guys all work together to serve to provide conflict that serves the story, uh, really makes it an enjoyable table to run. Uh, you know, that there's, you know, that everybody's moving in the same direction, even though some people are laying down train tracks and some people are paving a road, you're still moving forward. (laughs) Somehow the vehicle is still moving. Uh, but that's, uh, yeah. And, you know, everybody just adds their own kind of, to their own seasoning to the sauce in, in a really great way. So, yeah, I just think that it works. We just have something that works. Well, I, I want to say, relation- oh. I want to say, I appreciate, uh, Gressel, your willingness to absolutely rewrite huge portions of your story because of a stupid thing that we decided to do. That is, that's super <laughs> yeah, cool. Things that we get hung yeah. up on and like obsessed Cause, like, with. I don't have to think about that. Like we just make this choice and you're like, yep, I'll, I'll spend two weekends, you know, rewriting everything that I just did. I was super excited. Or like the fact that we, you know, broke your, your puzzle, uh, last season. Uh, we were supposed to like, we, there was this one thing where we just did a simple thing to get across this huge maze that we were supposed to do this whole big thing. And we just (laughs) skipped it. And you're just like, man, I just, and you just didn't say anything. You just kept going. And we saw in your face, obviously, because <laughs> anytime we break your story, you, we can see it in your face, but thank you for your willingness to yes. And us that hard. I love those moments though. Those it, it's, it's such a weird kind of almost masochistic thing of like, I want that to happen. I want to throw away t- t- 10 pages of work. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> yeah. NPCs that I like have like backstories for that you'll never meet. (laughs) 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 I like that you'll indulge uh, us with like different things totally depending on what we all like because I'm more invigorated by like a goofy session where like other players maybe are more into something where it's like we got you know more weight story wise or character development wise but i always i'm just there for chaos and that's what i enjoy like like that's what i'm the most like tuned in i, I feel I, like i love those it, it, it creates such a really fun structure though for the season because i like if you look at every season there's a chelsea episode <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it really um it, it it's to the show's benefit that there's uh, an episode that is designed to be more wacky and uh it's it, it's it's better because of that you know i think that if we were to go you know like i think if the show were just beth and i it would get a little bit too serious <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what suddenly so- it would get like very Shakespearean. Right? <laughs> but it's a relationship. Like we're all in this relationship together and we're uh constantly listening to each other and managing expectations and desires and play. Uh 
we give each other the floor to have a silly moment or have a serious moment. And all of our different moments help to amplify one another's moments, at least in in the best version of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we all want that. Like we all want to support each other's best episodes and best spotlight. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's good. It works. This works. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, Margarine can have a one-on-one fight with the big bad, and then Zabbis can turn Margarine into a tree. Yeah. <laughs> and save yeah. her life. I yeah. saved save her life, life as a result. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my god, I thought I was gonna die so many times. <laughs> I did too, honestly. And and like here's uh, uh there's a okay, I want to find the question because this is the perfect time for it, but there's a uh, there, somebody asked, uh, uh, yeah, Megan asked, oh, Beth, wow, you're, you're in the Google Doc on this same question. What's up? Um, has there ever been a time you or someone else rolled a 20 or when you secretly kind of wanted to be a one or, or I suppose vice versa, um, Megan asked this. So thank you, Megan. There, there have been times where people have rolled ones where I've secretly wanted them to roll 20s. And it's whenever, uh, whenever something happens at a like random moment that would put a character in mortal peril, where it wouldn't make it, w- it would be narratively disappointing for, for one of you to die. Mm. Like, everyone can die. Flack has died. Juno died. M- Marjorie nearly died. Zabus, I think, has nearly died. Everyone can die. What would suck is if you died in like a random time that doesn't make sense for the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At like if we were searching like, for the pumpkins like, and we died. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah, like episode four of a sea of a new season, you, di- you know, somebody dies or like you like fall off of a cliff and die. <laughs> like in season one, when Juno rolled a one trying to jump over the cliff and it was like, well, if we were just playing a, you know, non for consumption game, like a not for not built for entertainment game, just just off microphone. The character would die. You'd fall to his death. That'd be it. You'd leave that session. You'd roll in a new character or whatever. But like uh, that, w- I don't want that to happen in a time where there's no narrative weight to one of you dying. You know, if Marjorie died at the end of season four, f- okay. Uh-huh. But like, you know, and and that kind of leads us to um, to Sarah's question, uh, where she asked. Um, well, now I've. Now I've lost it. You said it was number yeah, four. Yeah, so Sarah, Sarah asked, um, uh, I said, I 100% thought Marjorie was going to fall asleep and pass away at the end. Was that ever a, a decision that was talked about? I'm really glad she didn't, but it was devastated for a second think, thinking this is where the story was heading. Uh, uh, yeah, so Beth, why don't you take us inside that? I think she's talking about the like... When she um, goes to sleep in front of the fire, yeah, at the in front of the fire, yeah, which was I, I thought a beautiful oh moment God, that you created. So yeah, right. That would be <laughs> fucked up. You know, I was thinking about that when when it happened in the episode. I had no intention of dying. I wasn't even thinking about dying um, because I had just survived some near death situations with like sure. fucking two HP the whole time. Um, so Marjorie was just dead tired. Uh, but I will say. This this is the heavy stuff. This is the Shakespearean stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
we've been we've been through a lot and especially in season four starting with margarine getting kind of taken by those those red ghosts Mm -hmm. um and then experiencing like this absolute feeling of devastation and loss and and like the worst of human life all at once from that point on repeatedly she's kind of come up against um uh, 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 visions of death and all of a sudden i think that she has come to a place where she has something to lose finally she lives she's lived this entire life on her own independent um trusting the wrong people being hurt continuing to be on her own independent and now suddenly she's fighting for something important she has people who really matter to her and who have proven themselves to care about her um and now she has a lineage that she's just discovered and is sort of like special in a way she has she can contribute to this this greater mission um and so now for the first time in her life she has something to lose and so i think i do think that margarine going to sleep at the end of season 4 was in a way a death of who she's been up to this point and moving forward you're going to see a different kind of character somebody who who values things a little bit more maybe not so high risk uh more considerate i don't know how it's going to manifest yet but life is much more important to margarine now fascinating yeah that's cool um that also kind of answers anton's question of uh uh how has margarine changed since season one yeah I, i i wrote a little thing about that um and like the big thing is like she since season one she sort of conquered loneliness, but now she has something to lose. She's no longer yeah. lonely, but the risk of, you know, it's the risk of caring about anything, loving mm-hmm. anything, loving anyone. Uh, if you care a lot and you lose the thing that you care about, it hurts so much more than if you kept yourself at an arm's distance and uh, stayed independent. So I, I think everything matters just a lot more to her now. That will certainly raise the stakes. Um... I found the question. It was Banks who asked, is it stressful to know the story ahead of time? Have you ever had any oh no moments when someone rolled badly? And yes, uh, any time that anybody would have, uh, could have died off in a weird story time. Yeah, please don't um, ask us to jump over big pits of um, sharp things or lava or fall. Big fall Yeah, damage. we have a lot of falling in this show. Fletch falls this, a lot. <laughs> this one had a lot of falls, yeah. Fletch does fall a lot, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Shane I asked... that cape you... of staying alive a little bit more often, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, if I remember to, I will. Uh, Shane asked, have you ever thought of doing one-shot arc with Gressel as a player and someone else as a DM? We have talked about We've that. talked about it. But... You know, being DMing is a is a whole thing. Um, Chelsea's DM'd before. Yeah, I've DM'd once. Yeah, and it was uh, like years and years and years and years ago. It was a fun little Christmas Krampus adventure. Um, Yes, it was. Yeah, DMing's a whole thing, and um, it would have to be like to do like a we've we've only done one one shot in the whole round of the show, and it was like because of COVID. So like. You know, if uh, if we were to do one, it would it would you know have to be the right time for it. I would love to play. Uh, I haven't been a pl- I haven't played as a, a character player character in uh, since I was a 
child. Wow. So um it would be it would be fun to do that. But um, I wanna play a game that Mike DMs. Oh no. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. It's gonna be set in the world it would of a goofy movie. It's so fun. And we're all in high school and we're trying to impress the loves of our lives. I would love that. Uh I would play the shit out of that. You know, the the key thing to remember in that campaign is we don't need to check the map. <laughs> don't check the map. Check the map. <laughs> uh, I do. I do. <laughs> since we're on the subject now, I've <laughs> done this. Fiona <laughs> says, I've watched you guys since the way back of early practical folks and drunk. Disney is one of my favorite comfort. Oh, my biggest comfort foods when it comes to media. So oh, what no, I'd no. like to know <laughs> What did they want is to know? How Mike? does Mike feel about being the only <laughs> member of the party, past or present, who is never who is never on an episode of Drunk Disney? Who is never on uh two or more episodes That's of Drunk Disney? Oh. Well, she didn't ask that. <laughs> I just wanna just wanna uh, narrow in yeah. on that. Well, uh, well Fiona How do I, you feel, Mike? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, How's that salt in the wound? Yeah, so it's it's still salty. It's not terrible. Um, I did think that I did hope that when they covered a goofy movie, they would call on me. Uh, it was but me. Th- however, they called on Gressel, which I'm grateful you- for because I ended up like really enjoying a goofy movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike think it could have been you getting a beard spray painted. Oh yeah. You you dodged a bullet oh, on that one. That was absolutely miserable. <laughs> I remember you having to step out onto the patio and like coughing your Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to like breathe fresh air for or as fresh air as we can get oh, here. Oh my god. For a little while. Like that aerosol was so <laughs> fucked up. Spraying it right into my mouth. <laughs> Shiny and chrome. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> That's right. Grade? Yeah. We accidentally just Mad Max. <laughs> what? Was it food grade? No. Uh, but no. why'd you do it this? There was, was so, gray okay. uh oh. like I think we got it, it was like hair stuff. Like hairspray. Yeah, like costume hair. Costume spray. hairspray, yeah. Gotcha. And they sprayed it in my beard so it got into my my mouth and it was Ew. not pleasant. But uh, but that that was one of the that was one of the better DDs that I did. Holiday special, nothing tops that. But oh my god! And Tower yeah, of Terror sorry, was super Just fun though. Too. Going guys. <laughs> what else? What else did you do? If it helps, <laughs> most of them I didn't enjoy because <laughs> oh. I had to be off, off camera, camera yeah. doing everything. <laughs> I was off camera a couple of times yeah, doing did. things. It was just a matter of time. It was. I think so. It was. You got like real close to us. We were winding down. And you also had your lineup scheduled. So there was there was absolutely no way for me to even get it. So I I don't I don't ever think about it. So Fiona, thanks for bringing up that wound. Uh, (laughs) But it's not a big deal. (laughs) And then what ultimately happened is you were asked to be a part of this major project that's been five years in the making. That's true. This is this is D&D older than. Drunk Disney now? I think now... Drunk it, Disney was first not. filmed in October 2013. And it wow. ended 17? It so ended yeah. It ended 17. It's yeah. almost older. Wow. Almost older. It's coming up on yeah, it. Same with Dead Disney Meat. Disney lasted about four years. Wow. Dead Meat's older than Practical Folks? Uh, almost. Coming up almost. on it. Almost. God, that's... Yeah. That is <laughs> that Practical Folks is... I can't believe I that. Think, 
lasted was, as long as it did. I think Practical Folks was still, right now, slightly longer commitment than Dead Meat has been so Dang. far. That's insane. I mean, it was the start, you know? Yeah. Don't be afraid right. to fail, guys. Don't be afraid. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or, know. you know, just not succeed yes. greatly. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't say practical folks fail. <laughs> no. But. I'm being hyperbolic. It, it, it was in <laughs> Apollo 13. Um, but uh, didn't, Is that the crash one? N- no, they just didn't make it to the moon. It was a successful failure because none of them died. Yay. Oh. I did. I was that mean? Did I say I mean? I didn't mean to be mean. No, 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 no. Okay, no. I love practical folk. I need that to be known, especially for the stands who are listening to this episode. I wanted to be on it so bad. Well, you, you guys know this, but I remember back when I met James and Chelsea, and everybody was doing practical folk and drunk Disney. I remember sitting alone in my house, just being like, I, I hope one day maybe I could be asked to be on that show. What a dream! <laughs> and it came true, guys. Twice. 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 As opposed to zero ah, times, with multiple and those those are those are top tier uh, episodes too. I think uh, I I think Halloween Town is top ten for Thank sure. Thank you. Oh, oh yeah. Halloween Town is good. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of drunk Disney related. Sandra from Sweden asks if Fletch has any ideas for uh, his being on drunk Disney. Stop. Oh my god. <laughs> any drink ideas for your bar uh that fletch dreams of oh yeah um (laughs) no i don't actually Uh, dark and stormy i think is is the the main one uh i think that's got to be the name of either the name of the pub and the drink or something with like i i've just started drinking bailey's and I really like the sweetness, and I feel like the the, the darkness of it. So I I would maybe try to do like a Bailey's drink. But I would wait. So Fletch opens up a bar where he serves drinks that remind him of himself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm a child. Like Beth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm self centered <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I would I would honestly defer to Gressel because Gressel, you make the best drinks. So I would I would default to. <laughs> to, to you for i love a dark and storm i think a dark and stormy is a great idea yeah. bailey's and grand marnay is an excellent little uh emergency yeah if uh if anybody out there is curious for a good that's a great winter drink if it, if the what? weather is starting to change where you are um bailey's and grand marnay why'd you call it an emergency because it's two ingredients <laughs> so if you are but grand, but grand marnier is one of the ingredients who has <laughs> that true. sitting yeah, around at home that's a fancy <laughs> mixer gressel keeps forgetting that we're in our 30s now yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true but yeah it's that's a good one if you want to do that uh i think um yeah i don't know i, I there's there there could be some fun campaign ex- inspired drinks i yeah. think that um you know, I think you probably have, uh, you know, something with heat, you know, after after the adventures in the volcano in Oyakoto, mm-hmm. there'd, there'd be there'd be little hints Coral at all, the little, tea or something. all the little. Yeah, there there. Oh, they're, that's they're, how Fletch like shares the story of his adventures yeah. is you open yeah. up the drink menu and the menu got... would tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Which is ultimately what the whole this whole show is is a menu that tells the story oh. um wow. Wow. Gressel, so one day you're gonna open up a little a little 
what's restaurant? That's the word I'm looking for. You're going to open Actually, up a yeah. little restaurant. Legit question. I was going to say a pop And on the back Legit of your question, menu, it's Russell, just that... like the whole D&D story written as if that's the origin story of why this thing <laughs> exists. <laughs> Legit question, Gressel. Is running a restaurant or owning one uh, appealing to you at all? As a The hours career? are too bad. That's what I figured. And like the, the, I'm sure the idea of it is better than the actual like practice. Most restaurants fail. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. I've worked in restaurants. It's incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, um, yeah, I don't know. I, that would, that would be it, the thing. A lot of, a lot of things would have to align for that. It, it's not, I don't know. I, it's, that's a daydreaming thing, but then my hobby becomes my job. And do we, do you want, do we want to talk about that, James? (laughs) 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 I think, uh, I think we've, we've probably answered a good, uh, a good amount of questions. A lot of people asked like, you know, like favorite moments, favorite items, favorite meals that we've had, stuff like that. Can I share Frederick Linseth asked a couple questions, but one of them was what was the best character moment? Yes. And I just want to shout out Fetch Stormtail. <laughs> and what an absolute delight it was to watch Mike adopt a dog's personality. That was joyous. I, again, I, and made I give sense. credit yeah. to Gressel on that because Gressel said one thing, because I wasn't gonna, not going to play him energetic, but Gressel said a specific word or something where you said something to deal with energetic, like you... Something with the energy, and then it clicked in my mind. I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I got to play this up." And then uh, James with the with the fetch uh, name. <laughs> so good old team that's, effort. That's listening, right? Yeah. I mean that that goes back to their gotta listen. point of like, yeah, gotta listen. And then and then you get that that's good point. You get the, that goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you play with people who like give you sort of directions, it's gifts is another way to think about it. Uh, then all of a sudden you just do what everybody says you're supposed to do and we're having a good time. Yeah, had Gressel not said that word energy, it wouldn't have made me think of dogs and having a lot of energy. So I would have played it sad because Fletch constantly is turned into something that he's not. And so I was (laughs) bummed that I got turned into a dog and that's how I was going to play it. And Gressel changed that outcome. So thank you. Brianna, in addition to uh, her earlier question, uh, had a bunch of questions that uh, would probably fall under spoilers. Um, where's the leaf, mom? Um, you know, things like that. Mm. So, uh, you know, we will get to some things like that later. A lot of people just wrote in, not questions, but just like nice messages. Such uh, nice messages. Yeah. So oh, thanks, thank Gabby. Um, and, uh, Dylan, um, and everybody who wrote in such, uh, excellent little, um, just nice messages about, about the show and about listening to the show in the past year and a half, two years, um, especially. So, um, we really appreciate everybody who listens Mm -hmm. and and everybody who's written in to say how much listening to the show means to them. It's right back at you. Um, it's, uh. It's just such a, a a privilege, such a joy uh, that you guys have enjoyed the story. Um, it really means. Yeah, a lot. thanks for listening. Yeah, I'm sold out of all of the posters. Oh yeah, we don't have any more posters. Yeah, oh, nice. We got to order Thank more you. posters. Gr- yeah, it's, we got to get and, more. And Restock. We we launched the new merch show merch store on T Public with uh with like other with Beth's designs, but you can get it now now not just on T shirts. Oh. 
you can get them on other things. Um, and people have already bought some stuff there. Cool. So that's uh, T Public uh, and uh, search for D and D and D podcast. You'll find us and uh, the, uh, the the low logo. Design, Gerbert Merpert Reality, the, the campaign team, uh, you can get all those on shirts or mugs or notebooks or whatever now, so go check that out. I That's wear that shirt. You do. Lot. You do wear the Gerbert <laughs> shirt a lot. Yeah, I wear mine a lot, too. It's one of my go-to uh, travel shirts, like at airports, just because oh, it's so nice. Yeah. It's very comfy. It's a good one. Zelda had some, some really good questions about Marjorie. Also, shout out to her friend, Aisland. Obviously, it was a big Marjorie season. What are are you? How do you feel going forward with Margin? Are you Crazy. nervous or excited or just overwhelmed? Like, what do you? I mean, this was yeah, this was probably the biggest character moment other than like Juno leaving. Yeah, you know, is yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm holding something like important and fragile, and I don't drop it. I don't want to drop it. <laughs> I don't want to I want to stick the landing moving forward and it's an improvised show. So like I'm thinking about what are all the end games? Um what are the different paths that I can go down? And there's so many things. Um cuz there <laughs> there's some like crazy ambitions that Marjorie could have. If Marjorie feels like really betrayed by the people that she's put her faith into, that's going to turn her a certain way. Um having a lineage like her daughter. We haven't picked up the threads of her daughter. Um, and like, that feels that I think that's where we're leading is, is something having to do at least as far as Marjorie's story is concerned with, um, with that, <laughs> with that. But I don't know what that looks like yet. I don't know what, what Marjorie wants, which probably means that Marjorie doesn't know what she wants. Besides that, what's next is important and needs to be, needs to be considered like all of a sudden something is really important in Marjorie's life and not for just like a oh my god it's tasty or pretty reason <laughs> i also want to say um you know it was a big Marjorie season and uh you know beth did you did great work uh there but um james there was a lot of flack stuff in this season that played out kind of more in the background and i think that you did an excellent job growing flack and moving flack forward and and keeping flack storyline going yeah. even though uh it wasn't like a flack story and, and especially in the last few episodes um the decisions that you made were all really character based and in such a really cool way and, and they they track from from a story perspective in, in a really the, the perfect way in, in ways that like I would have written it that, for you to do these things this way. And, and, you know, for people, if anybody's been paying attention to Flack or if, you know, some, somebody pointed out that, that, you know, things kind of had margarine main character energy or whatever, even though that's the case or was the case for this last season, uh, I just want to call out that there was really good, you, you did some really cool stuff, James, with Flack and Flack is not Flack when he started. Like that there is, you are moving through a, a character arc with Flack that I'm excited to see continue. Yeah. Um, and even though we've been talking about Marjorie a, a lot, uh, I wanted to make sure that I pointed that out because the, the Didridon storyline would have been more Flack heavy. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but like that was death um, would have mm. been the um, 
the the deity that you would have dealt with up there. And we had talked previously about Flack kind of being interested in that. Um, yeah in that realm so we didn't get a flag storyline like we could have um but you still did great work and i wanted to point that out thank you i don't uh i'm not used to thinking of myself as not the main character in something (laughs) (laughs) it's been nice to take on like a side role uh and just like play around in that space you guys you know the three of you did a perfect job slotting into that in the in the finale when when it kind of became mm-hmm. very much a like margarine moment you guys yeah. all immediately mm-hmm. picked up what you had to do perfectly <laughs> and all three of you played that so well a uh, chelsea to the the battering ram idea like so many little things uh just perfect little comedic moments that created the juxtaposition that that gave those moments the real weight that they had and, and it, it just worked out really well and it, it compliments to you guys Thanks. the players Thanks, for um really uh really bringing those moments home uh the way that you did both the heavy moments beth and and the the funny moments everybody else this is it really uh, i'm just really really happy with it with how it uh how it a lot out. of it I can see in an animated show. Like I could visually see it in my head happening, and I thought that was really cool. It was really easy to visualize for me. I, I love seeing, thinking of the show as a cartoon. Mm-hmm. That really helps helps me kind of visualize things. It helps me create and write and describe. Yeah, because you know it's just thinking of it that way um, really helps out personally. Mm-hmm. Um. So before we wrap up, uh, thank you to everybody who uh, who sent in questions. Yeah, thanks. Um, if if uh, if we didn't get to them, um, there's a couple. There were a couple kind of like gameplay kind of questions that like I might answer, uh, respond to via email. But uh, thanks to everybody who sent in your questions. Somebody asked about durian. Um, I, I I'm afraid to try durian because of the smell. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but was the smell of the shadow fruit tree inspired inspired by durian? Yeah, a little bit, um, because it's a it's a, a smell that is intimidating and spooky, even though it's allegedly very good. I've had it, I've had it, and I've been informed that it's genetic, whether or not it's a taste that is not good to you or is lovely to you. And is I'm it? afraid I fall on the side of this is not pleasant for me. Is and it? I'm like, it's sad like about it. That yeah, I do really want to try it, but. I'll try it, but I'm not excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I they they are, they're also huge and difficult to break down, so I've never bought. One. I know that. I'll from take Breath you to a wild. little Chinese. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll take That's you to a Chinese to dessert it. place. Yeah, and we'll get That's we'll get jellies and durian dessert, and we'll have a nice time. All right, that sounds lovely. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so thanks, Jack, for asking about durian. Uh, and also, yes, Mike, to your point, uh, she also asked were some of the descriptions in seasons two and three inspired by Zelda Twilight oh. Princess. Yes, partially. Uh, there was a lot of Zelda inspiration in in those seasons because I was playing Breath of the Wild at the time. <laughs> Have you played um, Twilight Princess? Yes, I love Twilight Princess. Ah. Uh, yeah. So uh, to move on to the. Uh, the next phase of the show. So, uh, thanks to everybody who submitted questions. Uh, great job, you guys, the, the, the four of you on season four. I loved it. I think it was 
uh, some of the best stuff of the show. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really proud of it. Um, but moving forward, things are going to be a little bit different for a little while because uh, there's not going on this fall and winter between uh, the five of us. Um, uh, in, in personal life things, there's some, some big moves and some big changes and, um, uh, not, uh, not going to be able to, uh, have, uh, as regular of a recording schedule as, uh, as we would normally. So, um, we're not going to take any kind of extended break. I'm going to say that right off the bat. There will be, um, new D and D and D content coming out between now uh, and uh, the the winter, but uh, it's going to look uh, a little bit different um, because uh, October, obviously, a very busy time for those of us involved in the horror industry. Um, oh yeah, and then right on the heels of that becomes a very happy and joyous time for those same people mm-hmm. um, as they are preparing for their uh, their wedding. Um, which Beth and Mike uh, remember uh, from before uh, their wedding. Uh, it was not an easy it's time to, to, to make a, a, a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, James and Chelsea will be taking a, a little bit of a step a step back from the show uh, for uh, a little while before we do season five. So we're delaying the start of season five. Uh, and in the in-between, what we're going to do that I'm really excited about. Brianna B. asked, I hope we get to visit Nils and Katheria. I'm so curious how the daughters are doing. Also, I think it would be really cool to see how Nils, Katheria, and the daughters act when they're together and awake. Well, um, you're going to get part of that, Brianna, um, because what we're going to do between now and season five is Beth and Mike and I will be playing a prequel series focusing on Nils and Katheria. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be real cool. yeah, it's gonna be really cool. I'm so excited. So, yes. Um are are who have we decided who's gonna play who? Is it gonna be Beth, are you gonna do Katheria or I'm down. Mike, are you gonna do Nils or Yeah. All I right. That's what we that's the yeah, I think that's what <laughs> Beth and I talked about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mike just Uh. Uh. (laughs) i'm excited about maybe playing characters who uh fall in love with each other with my husband you know yeah that works (laughs) works pretty well margarine and fletch might not have any charisma chemistry they might not have any chemistry but uh nils and katheria have a an end game maybe that's certainly going to be part of it. It's going to be uh, young Nils and Katheria um, bef- long before any of the events that led to um, the disappearance of Hank. And How many arms does Nils daughters. have? Nils will have Woo! two arms. So it will be before. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just have that. that Are we going to uh, find out how Nils is running underneath? <laughs> I want. I want Fletch to do a cover of Anaconda's "I Have Six Cats, But I Have Two I Arms." Have two arms. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, it's, it's, I just thought of it could be really funny. Uh, I really enjoy the movie Hot Up Time Machine. It doesn't really hold up that well, but they do have a whole side plot. Oh, yeah. Where the, oh, yeah, the bellhop loses his arm. And when they go back in time, they always. That's not Crispin Glover. It is Crispin, it is Glover. Crispin Glover. It is Crispin and they, Glover. And in the past, they see all these scenarios where he should lose his arm, but doesn't. And I think it could be funny. <laughs> 
to do something similar. <laughs> just keep endangering just, Nils's yeah. arm. Just oh, <laughs> oh my god, his arm. Oh, it's okay. I just turn around. Yeah. We will. <laughs> we'll we'll see. We'll see what kind of shenanigans um they get into. But yes, it will be uh it will be a prequel series uh uh traveling through well, I don't know. I don't know how much I want to. I, I don't know how much I want to give away. Yeah, don't give away anything. Yeah, that, all we know is secret. that Nils and Katheria. Mm-hmm. Nils and Katheria. And maybe yeah, some other cool. recognizable names. Perhaps some other recognizable names. This is true. Um, will make uh, appearances. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna have this little mini uh, mini adventure that's going to run until probably um, probably February. Um, wow. by the time, uh, by the time we all get all wrapped up, uh, we're also going to, to, uh, change the way that we release it. Um, we're probably not going to do weeklies, uh, given everybody's schedule, although, um, you know, we'll see kind of how things shake, shake out, but plan, uh, expect going forward that, that the show in, until we start season five is going to be every other week. Uh, so every other Wednesday, uh, starting, uh, that will be starting Wednesday, the 13th of, uh, October. Oh. Um, we will, uh, we will be releasing, uh, every other Wednesday until we get back to season five. So we will return to season five, uh, as scheduled with, with the team, Margin, Flack, Fletch, Zabbis, uh, continuing from where they left off more or less, um, on their quest to um, uh, reunite uh, Henrik Erthadar with his true purpose of, um, you know, bringing balance to the, to the universe. Um, <clears throat> so that will continue with season five when we return in the, in the late winter. But in the meantime, we're going to do a prequel series uh, with Beth and Mike and I, uh, and, you know, scheduling permitting, permitting, we'll see if, if, if Chelsea or James pop in, but, um, you know they're going to be very busy with um with stuff yeah, busy <laughs> and then i would like a break yeah yeah to do yeah not work yeah for sure you know this is a this we're we're so happy for you guys and this has been a long time coming so you know i think our honeymoon is just gonna be like not working we're not really gonna travel <laughs> I think. Not, yeah not gonna be any kind of vacation or anything it's just gonna be not working yeah not looking at a computer screen but we're gonna have some fun i'm really excited beth and mike for what we're gonna get into i think this is this is gonna be a different kind of story uh yeah to tell almost a love story is gonna be really fun Mm -hmm. um i think that you know to play around in in a different world with different characters um you guys are gonna be playing different classes with different abilities oh boy oh Uh, i didn't think about magic baby yeah yeah all right (laughs) <laughs> cool yeah i'm looking forward yeah. to it it's gonna be fun yeah I mean, it won't be too different for you mike i mean it, it, it'll be you know hit stuff with a weapon he's a paladin <laughs> i think i think I'm, I'm gonna try to put together a couple different builds for what he's gonna be but i think i'm thinking paladin will probably be part of it at least um that that seems right for for nils and and his background um, Kytheria will be druid m- predominantly, if not entirely. A paladin um, and a druid walk into a bar later on oh to God. be owned by Fletch Stormtail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <buy> out. <laughs> we could just set up all kinds of weird little Easter eggs in this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, they come across margarine. Um, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> that would be so surreal. <laughs> With like a mysterious man. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I hope you guys are excited about that, listeners, uh, and will tune in. Uh, for the little uh, mini mini arc, uh, I'll I'll come up with a title and everything for it, and we'll do we'll still do food and things, and and you know it'll still be inspired that way. Oh, can it be like since we're doing prequel stuff, can we do prequel food? So you do all those like weird Thanksgiving white people foods, like mayonnaise with a banana in the middle. Oh God. no, no bad. Okay, okay, oh, fine. Like 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 nineteen like like fifties like or sixties yeah. food. Everything Jello. Uh, I do want to do like a party where we do that though. <laughs> Put a cherry on the top of a banana. Yeah, right. How do you serve it? <laughs> Every uh, things are just bowls of mayonnaise, and it's called a salad. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. still do that. To be fair, lots of ambrosia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yum. Yeah, Mike and I like ambrosia salad. Yeah, my <laughs> mom and my grandma used to make all the time, so fuck you guys for not liking it. <laughs> <laughs> my, hey, man, my, my grandma used to make it too, and I just don't like it. I'm sure there's a way to make it not. There was something bad. in there that every time I'd bite into it and I didn't get that piece, I was happy. But then there was one thing that always made me go like, no, this shouldn't be in there. It's the mandarin oranges. Maybe it was the oranges, yeah. And then, oh, I like yeah, when I told Beth about it, she said it, she gave me crap about it. And I was like, wait, what's, I did, why and then is this he made thing? it. Then he made his family recipe ambrosia salad for me, and I ate it, and I was like, okay, I admit, this is nice. <laughs> well, now there's any Thanksgiving, you're going to have to make the ambrosia salad. We'll see. Oh, I love Mike's we'll contributions see. to Thanksgiving ambrosia salad and sand pie. It's not. Sand pie was good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good. Gross salads aside, we we will be doing the, this prequel series um, while uh, through yeah through the through the winter here. Um, it's interesting that like we started season four in October of twenty twenty. Yeah. Oh. Um, it ended up being a pretty much a year. So um, we'll see. We'll see if that if that's the same if that's the case for next season. But this one this one will just be a few months. Uh, until we return to start season five uh, in the in the late winter, early spring, um, and from there we'll return to weekly episodes and we'll do everything back as normal. Sweet, uh, yeah. So that's exciting. Do you guys anything you guys want to ask me before we do like our session zero for this? I think we'll talk. I don't have any questions for you. I'm just ready to go. Great, I'm ready to go too, and we will do that. Um, uh, two weeks from, from today, if you're listening to this, the day it came out, uh, and that is, uh, Wednesday, October 13th will be, um, session My zero birthday. and, uh, oh, yay! <laughs> Happy oh, birthday. Oh, cool. Thanks. I mean, it's no muddy concert. Yeah. Let's just move it down while it's raining. You're correct. It is no and muddy and- cold, muddy concert with music I don't care for. Um, you cared for a little bit it can't all be you know (laughs) uh so what is this me and chelsea saying bye to our fans for a little bit we won't be gone for that long that's gonna fly by it's gonna fly by we'll miss you when next uh when next the audience hears you you will be mr and mrs oh oh is that still the proper without the name change is that still is it just mr and mrs James, James, Janice, Janice and Chelsea, and Rebecca. Chelsea, Rebecca. Yes. Yeah, because you're Mrs. Bethany Radloff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. So so far, that's the first time anyone said that to me out loud. Mrs. Bethany Radloff. Mrs. Bethany yeah. Radloff. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so matronly. I like it. Yes. I guess, yeah. Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Gressel. That's weird, too. That's a mom. That's, that's I don't know if your anybody's friend, just mom. sounds like such a mom. Yeah. That is a weird. Has anybody called you Mrs. Gressel? He's asking his wife. She can't remember. Probably yeah, it's weird. Because yeah. that's like what my friends called my mom. <laughs> I prefer yeah. professor. <laughs> can't you can't just claim yeah, Beth, Dr. Bethany Radlaw. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then, yes. Uh, till next, we hear from you, James and Chelsea. Thank you for the amazing work on season four and the hey, whole thanks show. Thanks, everyone, for Yay. listening. We've uh, we've had a lot of fun doing this. And, you know, we're not gone. We'll see you again. Just yes. wanted to say thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and, and Beth and Mike will have a lot of fun in the meantime on the, with the prequel. Yes, we will. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go from there. So um, until, uh, until October 13th for Session Zero for the prequel series, we will, uh, we will be signing off. So thank you, everybody who submitted questions. Thanks thank so much uh, for listening. And, um, yeah, that's, I guess that's it for now. So thanks everybody. Do what's fun. Do what's fun. Do what's fun. Do what's fun. Yay. Do what's fun. D&D&D is a Moorpark Media podcast and a Spotify preferred partner. Written and edited by me, James Gressel. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Bradloff, and Mike Sigan.